Ramblers, let's get rambling. Episode of Ramble with Russell, show 592 of my podcast, Hometown to Rambling, right here on the Talk Show Network. I'm your host, Russ Sale. I'm going to, in one of the longest running single hosted pop culture podcasts in Ontario. Welcome to the show. Got a jam packed show for you today as we continue to survive in the crazy world that we're in today and on the show this week i got a lot to talk about it's another jam-packed show and before i get to what's on the show i did want to give you all an update when it came to the current world pandemic now just like last week i'm not gonna mention the name of it because youtubers are getting hit for it so i'm just gonna say you know the worldwide virus is affecting a lot of people now, uh, since we last talked, holy moly, things have gotten crazy. Uh, looks like at, at this point in time, across the world, from what I can gather, most schools shut down and there's no real time that they're coming back anytime soon. Looks like, for all intents and purposes, schools across the globe, pretty much, from elementary to post-secondary uh, they're done for the year, and I don't think, you know, well, hopefully, you know, Knockwood will be back in September, but as of this year, that's done. So that's affecting a lot of people. And a lot of movies, you know, I had told y'all that there were some rumors about some movies. Well, the studios, man, Hollywood has gone really quiet. Uh, it is now official. Uh, Mulan has, has, has gone, gone digital. It has gone, it is going directly to streaming. And although I talked about this a little bit in the last episode, kind of more, the, the, the trend to going home releases, it's the new term now, folks, it's the reality of virus. Uh, the, the title of the going home releases is really picking up. So onward, that was just in the theater. Now you can check it out. That is going, Mulan is going to be going to digital Black Widow, still at the time of this recording, we're not sure. Because looks like it it was scheduled. Uh, it was scheduled for May. I really wanted to say it. And the chances of that happening, even movie theaters being even open, is getting really slim. Wonder Woman 1984 has been pushed back yet again until the fall. So, you know what? Even if movie theaters even open in May around my birthday. The the amount of selection that was going to be there, ugh, it ain't looking good, people. So that's pushing a lot of things back. And now the trend, at least temporarily, is a lot of titles are becoming now th that gap used to have where, you know, theatrical and then, then digital and then home video that's temporarily changing. So movies like Onward, Harley Quinn movie, Birds of Prey is now available at the time of this recording for you to rent for $20. See, that's what they're now charging. It's like $20 to rent it. Now, I don't know if that just gives you just the movie and the movie and the special features, but at this time, you're just... And that's, that's it. That's what you're getting. Just to rent it for a certain amount of time. Uh, so that is it. Um, and then, um, that's happened. And Sony has followed suit, the fall suit, uh, Bloodshot, which was just in theaters a couple weeks ago or so, is now a home release. And, and, um, and a few other movies are, are following suit to that. And, and, uh, Little Women is coming directly to digital. So, this is a trend that is going to be occurring for the next while. And I, you know, I'm honestly, folks, I'm old school. I really hope this isn't the death of, of physical uh, movies and that we still get the, the physical releases. Now, I have been talking with the various film companies I do. Uh, Paramount is still willing to send me stuff 
even in this time. I said yes to that, so I will be getting more new Paramount releases in the foreseeable future until that changes. But other companies, uh, Sony seems to be going that direction. Uh, Warner is definitely holding off on physical releases. Disney has not made up their mind yet. A lot of them are still weighing things out. But that's going to affect me in a way um, because I, and I will get to that in a moment, I will hopefully be getting some more screener stuff so I can at least give you some current reviews. But a lot of my physical stuff for some companies is going to die a bit. Um, in the meantime, I'll still, if, if people send me physical copies, Ramblers, I will still review stuff for you. And I did get some recently in regards to that. Um, but I might in, in the short term have to dip into stuff that, that was released a little bit while ago, but I didn't have a chance to actually go through, uh, if I have time. So that's just, if you just got more on what's to come at the end of the show, but let's say what's coming up this week. When it comes to uh, this episode, I'm going to start things off with a DVD review of the new movie, The Night Clerk, courtesy of Paramount Home Entertainment. That is on the on the show, and as well, uh, courtesy on on Blu-ray, courtesy of Sony Home Entertainment. I'll get you Jumanji: The Next Level, starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson and others of that review. And and as I mentioned, um, when it comes to home at home releases, courtesy of the great folks at Sony Home Entertainment, I was able to get uh, a screener copy of Bloodshot to talk about with you fine folks today. Yeah, they actually sent me that, so I could talk about a movie that like two weeks ago I could have seen in the theater. And yeah, whammo, I'm gonna talk about it now. So I'll give you my review on that. Just the movie, unfortunately, no extras. Hopefully, Ramblers, when that movie does come out as a physical copy, I will do a second review and give you my review of the actual home theatrical release of it, like the quality and such, and, and the extras that come with it, because uh, more likely they will be, but I'll cover more on that then. And also on the show today, I'll give you my 4K review of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. I'll give you my review on the video release. And the packaging. And if you want to know more about the actual movie, y'all, you can go back in my older archives and look at when I saw it theatrically and talk about that. And to round things up on this huge show, since talking about uh, Rise of Skywalker, I'll give you a book review, courtesy of the great folks at DK Home Entertainment, or DK Publishing, because they're still sending me stuff. And that is the Lego Star Wars Character Encyclopedia, the new edition courtesy of DK. That's all in this huge episode of Ramble with Russell. So I'm going to take a quick little musical interview right up with the first review of the show. My DVD movie review for this episode is The Night Clerk, courtesy of Paramount Home Entertainment. Now this is an uh, interesting little movie. It, it's kind of like... I guess describe it uh, kind of like uh, a murder mystery, sort of. In a way, <laughs> and and I'll tell you more what I mean uh, by that. The movie uh, takes place kind of kind of present day, and the star of it is the character of Ty Sheridan. Now you're saying, I I you know that name doesn't ring a bell, but when you see him, and he plays the character of Bart Bromley, who is a kind of a uh, a young night clerk guy at a hotel and the, the the key to this guy is he has Asperger's syndrome so he's a little bit off personality type and a bit of an introvert uh when it when it comes to this movie also in this one as well you have uh, some other pretty you know recognizable people you have Helen Hunt in this one as his mother Ethel and I'm gonna tell you in this one she she, it's it's like that, that's Helen Hunt. I almost didn't recognize her. I don't know if it's just age or how she portrayed it, but yeah, that was a very interesting role for Helen in this one. John Leguizamo is Johnny Espada. He is like the um, the uh, I guess cop involved in this. Uh, when it comes to that, so those are your kind of your your big names in this. And what the premise is is that is that the character Bart, he's this night clerk, right? And he secretly. Uh, what he does is he records the footage off of the various cameras, the security cameras, on a, on a drive, and then he takes it home and he studies it so he can anticipate talking with people and give better responses. Now, I'm not an Asperger's, you know, 
expert, but but that that's what he does to cope, right? Without these people knowing. Well, one night, you know, he's just watch he you know is watching the um, the cameras, and he see and and he's watching his cameras that he's installed in all these rooms secretly, and and he sees uh, a murder like happening on the camera. So so the cops come to, to to you know to investigate it and they feel that there's something off with him right it's like yeah then the, and the the cop they but like Zamo he really is sensing something's going on there so so the kid you know inadvertently records this happening and and, and this launches a series of events in him trying to i don't know investigate it now to complicate matters also in the story you have you have uh, another female in the form of of uh, of uh, another guest of in the form of Anna de Armas, and and she um, so the kid gets transferred to another hotel because they they feel something's kind of off with it because you go how how did you know about the murder and he's not you know too <laughs> willing to kind of spit that out there yeah so she plays uh, Andrea. Rivera and and the kid takes a liking to Anna uh, pretty quick or Andrea pretty quick in in this in this not in this movie and and you kind of sense that that there's something you know about this this woman that seems a little off because she's like super like he's clearly attracted to her and she's she says that she has uh, she knows somebody with that syndrome so you think she's sympathetic but but um but as the investigation goes on you're thinking wait a minute there's like more to this woman than than what you think now there is a slight bit i'm going to say a little bit of nudity in it not not much like a little bit of toplessness but nothing too crazy the the director of this also uh has worked in Mr. Robot Ray Donovan which is a show i've talked about in this show uh, he's done an episode of Elementary, uh, Rubicon, quite a few things. So, yeah, Lincoln uh, miniseries. So this guy has has done a a, a fair bit uh, when it comes to directing. Quite a quite a he did um, Gia. There's a movie for you, and that's uh, Michael Christopher. Now the kid. <laughs> now again, I watch this movie. And I'm thinking, man, I know you from somewhere, but but I just can't place it. Well. No wonder this this Ty Sheridan is I've seen him before. This kid has been in quite a quite a few movies recently. He he was uh, he's played Cyclops in the um, now defunct X Men Fox movies, so he's had that role. Uh, he's also was in the um, the movie Ready Player What, which I reviewed in this show, which I thought it was he was good in that. And and he's been in quite a few films. Like this kid's been acting since 2011. So so it, it kind of threw me because you know this is this character is a you know you don't often see a, a voyeur who has Asperger's syndrome. So there's that. Uh, I, I I give top notches to Helen Hunt in this. I think she really plays a different kind of character. Now you do get the digital code for this, but you, there's no extras. There's no commentary. There's no behind the scenes, which is a little shame. I would have liked to have seen, you know, at least heard some director commentary or some cast commentary or a little behind the scenes on this. Cause it's, it's a unique movie. If you're looking for like a lot of explosions and a lot of action, there's, you know, a little bit of action, but it's not a big blow up cop movie. It has a, an interesting development. And there's a little twist at the end of it which it, it almost gives you a payoff, but then it doesn't. And and that was like, you know, I I would have made the ending a little... It's a little confusing. It, it, Ramblers, if you can make heads or tail of it, let me know. Tweet me uh, what you think of this movie at my Twitter, which I'll give out at the end of the show. Let me know, because it, it's an interesting little piece of film uh, when it comes to that. It, it is, and uh, and also... Uh, part uh, points to Anna de, uh, de Armas. I think she does a good little <laughs> duplicitous role uh, when it comes to this movie. So that is my take of The Night Clerk on DVD, courtesy of the great folks of Paramount Home Entertainment. Sweet dreams are made of you. Who am I? 
Sony Home Entertainment. Now, this is the first, and I'm, I don't know if this is going to be a trend, of video of movies released right to home. This movie literally, as I said at the start of the show, came out in theaters like March 13th, and now it's there for you to see. Now, you know, full disclosure here, I did see a screener copy of this one, so... You know, um, the it, it was a decent copy, but, you know, I'm sure when it hits video, it'll be a much cleaner version. And, and when you actually buy it, it'll be crisper. But it was a screener, so I have to go with uh, what I saw. The movie is based around a uh, comic book character that I, frankly, haven't heard of before. So, but then again, you know, I, I don't keep up with a lot of the new characters. You know, I'm, you know, I'm used to my good old ones that have been around for decades. So this one, you know, kind of, um, you know, one I haven't heard of. But then again, how many people know about Tank Girl? Seriously. So this is very much a Vin Diesel movie. Vin Diesel stars as Ray Garrison or Bloodshot. Now, they don't really call him that in the movie at all. And the movie opens up and, and Vin, good old Vinny or Ray, it opens up that, that he is a like a military guy. Who, who, you know, shortly before he goes to take out this target, he, he's with his wife. And then the movie starts with his military guy and he's about to, you know, do like a raid. And, and this is only slight spoilers. Okay. <laughs> so, so he goes for a raid and then the bad guy captures his wife. And then, you know, things go bad from there. And then, um, and then he wakes up, and then Ray finds that he has been drafted into this special program because he's been declared legally dead. 
and he's he's been given these nanites to enhance him. Yes. So it's kind of like, you know, the you, you take like, you know, you know, nanites being those little tiny robots, take the ones that make Tony his suit and Iron Man. And but instead of being, you know, just physically out they're in his body, this allows him to to heal quicker, to have uncanny like Superman strength and and uh, I think a few other abilities. And when he gets like really super like, you know, powered up, he has like a red spot in his chest. They hide it a lot with clothing in, in the images I've seen in the comic book. It's a big kind of bright red spot on his bare chest, but they, but he don't want to show his chest in this one. I don't know why he just don't want to do it. So, so he gets drafted into this group along with some other people who have had similar instances. And, and, you know, so the, the action of it really doesn't start until like 13 minutes into the movie. It's kind of like, okay, it's just a bit of a slow burn. So, so he get he gets introduced to two other men, one who has like an enhanced eye and one who has enhanced legs and with nanites and a, a woman who, who, whose lungs <laughs> had to be replaced. So she breathes through the nanites. Okay. So, and, and you don't really see him have his first action with his new powers until like 30 minutes into the movie. Like it takes that long to get to like, okay, let's go superpower boy. So, so that it's like, okay. So, so that's kind of, um, what happens there? The, now the, um, the, the kind of villain in this one, in a way, because there's more than one villain, but the real villain in this one, without giving too much of a plot, anyway, is is the character of Doctor Emil Hardy, played by Guy Pierce. He he's kind of like, well, you know, I'm I helped you, I helped, you know, I helped enhance it here. And as uh, the movie goes on, and this movie has been described as like a bit of Memento, a bit of RoboCop, kind of all mixed in there. And yeah, it is in a way because. Uh, as the movie goes on, you find out that this scientist and these other guys, they're not exactly being honest and they're kind of messing with his head. And, and so it's a, it's a, um, kind of a, a weird kind of mind trip that he goes on when it comes to doing this. This is kind of a movie that I could have seen Arnie in his prime, like, you know, back in 1990s, Arnie. So would have done this type of movie. <laughs> And it is very Vin Diesel-y, although there aren't a lot of vehicles in this one. It's very vehicle light in some ways. You're not if you're looking for another fast movie, and and it is very much sci-fi. You know, you still have Vin doing his, you know, uh, uh, kind of smoldering best. He said in an interview, "This is unlike his other movies where he's more in control. You know, he's not Dom in this one." And yeah, this is kind of like still his personality, but, but he is, he is definitely for the most part of this movie, not in control of his situation. So there's that. There are some decent action sequences in this. I will tell you though, that near the end, like the last <laughs> 17 minutes of this movie. Wow. <laughs> it goes so down the sci-fi road, man. There, there's, <laughs> there's an end sequence where it's a heck of a lot of CGI and, and and guys fighting and it's like okay and this is you know I haven't seen Vinny do a sci-fi movie like this in a while so so that keep that in mind if if you just if if you like Vin Diesel but you're not a big fan of sci-fi kind of elements this may not be the movie for you I mean my wife loves Vinny but she's you know very selective about her sci-fi so I don't know if this was movie she might appeal to her and that kind of thing. Um, it is what it is. Um, it's one of those movies I kind of, this would have been a great, like, matinee movie. I, I, I almost wish I could have seen this in the theater just for audience reactions and, and for just, um, just like, like, a, like a fun popcorn kind of movie, right? Now, they definitely, by the end of this, boy, did they ever set this up for a franchise. I, I don't know if it made a lot of money to be a franchise. It really didn't because of the virus stuff going on. It really didn't have that good of a run in the theater to really 
do that? I don't know. Uh, maybe, you know, when it hits home video. No, keep in mind, in this review, I'm just talking about the movie because that's all I got. Uh, I, I unfortunately didn't get a chance to check out any of the extras that, that come with this movie when you when you buy it. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, I have put my name down for a physical copy, and Sony has assured me that that if their one comes available, they'll send it to me. And so when when and if they do send me a physical copy of this, I will definitely give this a, a second pass through to see how much better it looks, you know, and a, a non-screener version and, <clears throat> and what extras on it. I did find watching the screener, there was, you know, like pausings because the internet, which almost took away from, it, but not really. But, but as it is, I mean, I, it's, it's not as over top maybe as some of the fast movies, you know, and, 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 you know, in the, the family, you know, aspect is there, but not there. Uh, it is a different franchise for Vin to explore where this is going to spawn eight or nine sequels. I don't know. Uh, it, it's very much kind of in the lane of uh, the lane. I would say a uh, pitch black, although I haven't seen those in a while. Uh, just not, not so much the horror aspect of it. Uh, it's fairly PG, uh, you know, in it, and there's nothing too visually disturbing in it uh, when it comes to that. Uh, and it, it's, oh, and what I noticed uh, when it comes to this too, when it comes to, uh, you know how I love Michael Bay loves doing blues? It, it's almost like Michael Bay did this, uh, but but with reds. It's very red, they use red lighting in this a heck of a lot in this movie. So just keep that in mind. Uh, this is directed um, by Dave Wilson. This is his first really big movie. He has done a lot of effect work for video games and some movies. That really does kind of show uh, when it comes to the effects. Um, and and what a movie to start yourself on. Hey, it's your first movie and Vin Diesel is going to be in it. Okay. Uh, the rest of the actors, I think, do really well. Uh, I did like um, the actor... And I think I've seen him in other things before. Um, who who plays um, uh, today's uh, Jimmy Dalton, Sam Hewitt? Hewen. I think he's he's a good antagonist for um, for um, for uh, for for Vinny. And and it's kind of neat to see him uh, not being Jamie Fraser. It almost threw me off. And I'm going, holy crap, that's Jamie Fraser. But without without the accent, you're like. I think it's him, but I don't know it's him. So it's neat to see him play kind of a villain in in a in a console cast of Jamie who is far from one. So that's a neat kind of casting there. I thought the um the actress who played um who played Katie or KT, uh Eliza Gonzalez. Did a fairly decent job, and the others were kind of there, but but uh, Guy Pierce. I mean, I'm, I haven't seen him in anything in ages, and I thought he had a uh, a good, you know, role uh, when it when it comes to this. I don't think he's really done a heck of a lot of sci-fi stuff lately. I mean, he yeah. So so there you go. So uh, that is it. Uh, I said you can get this uh, to your home for around the $20 mark or so, depending on who your provider is. But, you know, if you just want like a, a, a popcorn flick, you know, get, rent this, get, invite a bunch of friends over, you know, maybe share the cost. And, and it's a, you know, a nice little bit of time to spend with good Vinny doing uh, Vinny things. So that is my take of the home release of Bloodshot, courtesy of the great folks at Sony Home Entertainment.
my Blu-ray movie review for this episode is Jumanji, the next level. Courtesy of the great folks at Sony Home Entertainment. Now, I reviewed the first Jumanji on the, the Welcome to Jungle on the show, and I, I liked it a while back. I thought it was a, you know, a nice take, a nice new take on the Jumanji story. I still love the old Robin Williams one, Don't Get Me Wrong, that's a classic. <laughs> but I really liked what they did with this version, to, you know, to try to bring something new to the table. When it came to that. And I thought, you know what? This movie does well. Dollars to Donuts, there's going to be a sequel. And no surprise, there was. So this, of course, <laughs> is the follow-up to the uh, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. Brand reuniting the cast members of uh, Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Hart, Jack Black, and Karen Gilliam. Now, also, you know, adding to this, and the other the teenage kids are back to, <laughs> adding to this cast, you also have uh, Aquafina is on the show. You have um, Aquafina, Danny Glover, and Danny DeVito. Now, uh, you know, I'm not spoiling too much when it comes to this, because, you know, if you watch the bloody trailers, you're going to see that. The nice twist this time around is the character of Spencer, you know, uh, played by Alex Wolf. After the first game, you know, he's feeling kind of inadequacy issues after going back to his normal self after being the rock. And you know what? I, I, you know, if you go from that back to normal, I can get that. So in his desperation, he, he tries to repair the game and get sucked back in. So his friends, you know, say, okay, you know, we're going to follow him, even though they just barely survived the first one, but along for the ride, because the game is kind of hookered, <clears throat> the characters of Danny DeVito, who plays Spencer's grandfather and Spencer's grandfather's friend, Eddie, uh, no, uh, Milo, because Eddie is his grandfather, sorry, gets sucked into the game as well. So, <clears throat> Karen Gilliam is is back playing Ruby, and, uh, but the the uh, rest of the cast, let's just say <laughs> there's some switching going on. This time around, the character of Fridge jumps into the body of Jack Black's, character and and Dwayne's character gets taken over by the personality of Danny DeVito and Kevin Hart who Fridge was before gets taken over by Danny Glover and as you've seen in the previews both Dwayne and Kevin really do a good job channeling the other actors in this and and so that's the premise of the movie they get checked back in the game but here's the people that that uh, that used to control these characters that are not in control of these characters again, and and so that's 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 kind of the premise of it. Now, you know, a slight spoiler here. If you're thinking, oh great, so are are, are Kevin Hart and Dwayne going to be doing these two characters for the whole movie? No. <laughs> so, as much as they uh, a good chunk of the movie, they experiment with that. There is something later on. <laughs> that kind of switches things up uh, when it comes to that. And then those who are wondering what happens to Brittany, because she doesn't become part of these four, that gets explained as well uh, when it when it comes to this game. Aquafina comes in um, playing... She, uh, she Her game character is Ming, who is a little thief. I've seen her in a few movies, like the last thing I saw her in was Crazy Rich Asians. And and she does well in this. I like and 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 she has, yeah, the, the, she has an interesting role in this as well. Uh, to note, uh, 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 the uh, character of Nick Jonas, he his character comes back in the movie, and it's interesting. Is the villain in this time around is actually played by the actor who used to be the Hound. In Game of Thrones. So that's kind of cool that he plays the villain. And, and he works well, because physically, he's a big guy. And to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with good old Dwayne, you can't be small to make it believable. What I liked about this, and one of my concerns with the sequel is like, as much as I enjoyed Welcome to the Jungle, I didn't want the sequel to be rinse and repeat. And after watching this movie, I could say no. It does borrow from things from the first movie, but... There are many decisions in this that they say, okay, you know, we're going to do, it's going to be similar yet different than what you saw before. So there's enough of it different this time around 
you know, I'm glad it didn't, you know, I didn't feel like I was watching the same movie. And that's because it's always a danger with sequels. And much like um, Bloodshot, which I meant to mention, I wish I could have seen this one in the theater, especially 3D. I thought <clears throat> visually it was really well done. And and I, I kind of missed I, well, I wish I could have seen it in theater when it when it came to that. So it is another fun ride. The ending of it, Lord Mighty, do <laughs> do they ever, ever tease a sequel in this? Yeah, I mean, if if they don't <laughs> do a sequel, and this is one of these movies where absolutely it would have paid to to stay in the seats for at least a little while after the for the end credits. Once you see that scene. Just to let you know, no, there's not going to be another additional scene that's right at the end, end of the movie. So, um, so keep that in mind. But, but yeah, they, they are definitely bumping for a third. Now, because Dwayne is a very busy guy, and because Hollywood basically has been put on hold for the foreseeable future... Um, I don't know when they're going to film this because I don't think with, with the, with the hold and with Dwayne being busy, I can't see them pumping out another one in another two years. So as much as people would love to have another Jumanji for 2021, nah, I, if they do another one, maybe it will release 2022 or even maybe 2023, but you know what? I I'm not going to I can't guarantee that that's going to be the case. I think the market is there and and I would and the way they did the end of second, oh, there there's so many ideas they could do for the third. I don't want to say it cuz I don't want to ruin things, but I I think there's definitely room for the third if they go a certain way. <clears throat> when it comes to extras, not bad. Sony is usually pretty good with extras. You do get a gag reel, of course. Uh, you do get some... Um, see, I could list just some of the special features, but that would kind of spoil things. <laughs> uh, what can I talk about? Um, a lot of special features on them getting back together. Uh, a lot of behind the scenes and how they built the footage. Uh, a behind the scene in what happens in the movie that I don't want to talk about because I don't give things away. That kind of you know, makes it not too stale. A lot of VFX stuff. Uh, and also with this one, and I see I see this trend with Rock lately, there's a lot of augmented reality stuff. There's augmented reality on the box, and there's another one within the code itself for the game. So that's cool. There's a lot of small little featurettes um, in it, but but there there's enough of them that gives you a really good look into the movie. Once again, darn it, people. No um, <laughs> commentary on this. Not by the cast, not by the director. <laughs> like, come on, people. So that, you don't get that in, in this one whatsoever. I think the chemistry, again, between Hart and Dwayne, man, those two, they, they really work well together. And this is yet another movie where it goes, yeah, these two just no. <laughs> <laughs> they know how to play off each other uh, really well. And, and, you know, it's not all action. There is some heart <laughs> to this. Now, one of the keys to this working for me is that the director, that they, the director, Jay Kasdan, uh, returns for the sequel. I'm, I'm a firm believer in that when it comes to a sequel, the, the, one of the biggest rules, in my opinion, is bring back the same team and and they did bring them back the same director because if if they made it work the first time chances are they could make it work second and I, the key to any Jumanji 3 is going to bring bring back the same director because I you know dollars to donuts folks if they don't do that and they make a third I don't like its chances honestly I don't because it may not capture the same feel, and that's just me. <laughs> Overall, if you like the first one, you'll like the second uh, sequel. Does it help to have watched Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle before the next level? Absolutely. 
um, when it comes to character development. Although, you know, if you want to jump into the next level, just go into it that, that, that Spencer was a bit of a loser uh, at the start of, of Welcome to Jungle, and then he got to play, you know, Dwayne. And, and because of that, he's having a hard time, you know, getting down from that. And his character and the, uh, the girl that plays the real-life person that plays Karen Gillan's character, they have a relationship, so that's there. So, they, you, you, you know, you get a better appreciation if you watch the first in relationship of the four than just jump it into the second. But that that's totally up to you. But, you know, a fun, a fun ride. Looking forward to Rock's uh, newest one, Jungle Cruise, coming out very soon. Uh, but if you, if you wanted some Rock, and, and, and Jack Black is great. I mean, all of them just really do a good job <laughs> So that is my take of Jumanji, the next level on Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Sony Home Entertainment. You're broken down and tired of living life on a merry-go-round. And you can't find the fighter, but I see it in you, so we gon' walk it out.
my 4K Blu-ray movie review for this episode is Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, courtesy of Walt Disney Home Entertainment. Now, as I said, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to give you a, a, a total review of of this movie because I talked about it when it released back in May. You want a complete review of that movie? Go back and listen to that. I will say, um, you know, just to summarize, I I felt, you know, that 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 they could have done more with this. There were certain elements of this movie. I think for a movie that was going to wrap up nine movies of the Skywalker saga, could have been better. Um, and, and it didn't give me that kind of hasha felt I felt with Endgame, really. <laughs> and, and there were moments in it just made me go, did I just see that? So there was a bit of, you know, could it have been better? Did it want to be better? Yeah. Were there issues with some of the plot and, and how they dealt with Palpatine? Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, a lot of things. Uh, when it comes to this movie. I, so this review, uh, I'm going to strictly go on the special features because there's a lot to offer from the great folks who want this, the home entertainment. First off, I'm going to say the cover. Now, normally, you know, Ramblers, I don't talk about slipcovers too much uh, on the show because, you know, unless they really stand out. <laughs> and this time around, I got to give them props. This one is kind of cool. The, the slipcover for the 4K has a really nice foil design, and it's somewhat 3D, showing Poe's uh, X-Wing going against the fleet in the movie. The really big fleet. I don't like to say more, because I don't want to spoil things. You have that in the front, and then the back slipcover is, is a nice kind of painting of, of um, the, the, the cracked, re-put-together mask of Kylo Ren on top of of the f image in the front, but kind of zoomed out a bit. That's kind of neat. And and inside, once you take the slipcover off, you actually get the movie poster artwork for the Blu-ray case. So, for all these who go and looking at it on the shelf and going, oh man, I don't get the Blu-ray. You know, I don't get the movie poster on the Blu-ray, on the disc. Yeah, you get it inside. So you get two covers for the price of one, which is super cool. I, I wish more film companies to do that, and and that is kind of neat. So that's you know, one of the extras you get for the, the cover itself. The main extras, the, the biggest one in this in this set is called the Skywalker Legacy. This is two hours. It's a feature-length le uh, extra where you get a, a really big look at, at the whole saga, all nine films, and a really neat retrospective where they mix footage from the 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 Disney uh, sequels in with footage from the the classic series. Although I noticed not a lot of love for the prequels, so they they, they do a lot of comparisons between you know episodes five, uh, four, five, and six, and the Disney sequels, <laughs> but they really don't talk a lot about uh, episodes one, two, and three. So we get a lot of neat. Kind of behind-the-scenes footage, flipping back and forth. We get to hear from Anthony Daniels, from the new cast members, from the old. Some great vintage interview footage with Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, even some Peter Mayhew. And so that's that's kind of neat. I liked it. And it's a really nice <clears throat> kind of, you know, bookend for the whole of Star Wars. You get to see just, like, it's really neat how they the editing job they did going back and forth. And that really is... A nice featurette. That's like my favorite of them all and really the meat and the bones. Besides that two hours, you also get uh, the Fasana Pursuit, the, the speed shader, speeder chase, so how they filmed that. Aliens in the Desert, which is what looked to create the desert scenes and the scale and how they did it. The, the uh, an ex an exploration on Dio and how that connects with Ray. so they explore that. You get uh, Warwick and Son. I like this one, too. It's a great little featurette showing, you know, highlighting Warwick Davis and all his work in the Star Wars films and how when they had that little bit of Ewok footage, he had his actual son with him there portraying the son of Wicket and, and then and how they get the costume and that. So some old footage from him. So I like that. And then they also had the cast of creators that's showing how they did some of the puppetry, the makeup and prosthetics, 
to do that as well. Kathleen Kennedy <laughs> it's all over a lot of these extras, if you will. What is missing as well? There is a digital exclusive um, where you uh, call Maestro's Finale, where John Williams reflects on his body of work and in scoring Rise of Skywalker. Unfortunately, at the time of this recording, I, for some reason, and I'm still pursuing this, I couldn't get the digital code in my copy to work, so I couldn't watch that uh, featurette. And it's a shame they just made that digital. That, that, that should have been on the physical copy of this, which is a shame. One of the things lacking, even though the two-hour one is terrific, and I like to see that, there is no episode, there is no commentary at all by JJ. JJ's bad that way. Um, and our the cast and crew, I would have loved to have heard some kind of commentary track in this, but Donata. Now, like with Force Awakens and like with Last Jedi, although not so much for Last Jedi, dollars to donuts, folks. <laughs> you watch. Come the fall, come the, the fall season. When hopefully all this virus stuff is gone, if things go the way they normally go, <laughs> you watch. Disney will, mark my words right now, Disney will re-release this movie with a special edition, which will have extra extras that weren't included on this release. You just wait, Enrigans. You just wait. I. They, this is what they do. Now, that might not happen... <sighs> while this pandemic stuff is going on. But let's be optimistic, Ramblers. Let's hope that by Christmas time, a vaccine has been found and Hollywood gets back to normal again. But we'll see. It wouldn't surprise me. Will they make a fancy kind of holographic thing with Force Awakens? I don't know. But, you know, I sense more in the future. So, uh, but what you get is pretty good. For the 4K, you get um, three discs. You get the, the, the movie itself on 4K on one disc. And then you get two Blu-rays, one with the feature film, and one with the extras, which is nice. Also, I must add, this time around, all the discs, yay, have artwork. And they don't have them... They don't... They're not... Um, they're not just blue. You know, or just a generic color. That's cool. Uh, the way that they come in, um, the the you have the, the they are a little stacked, and that you only have two pegs. One you can fit the um, the the Blu-ray. One you one you could put the, um, the two Blu-rays together in the 4K, or you could put both the um, or separate them out how you want. I, the way I like to do it, uh, just because I, you know, I go with my access first. I, I like to put the bonus on one and then pile the, the two movies on top of each other. I would have preferred a flip, just saying. A lot of people don't like stacking because you got to be careful about scratching. But that is the way it is. You can organize them how you want. Uh, overall, I think this is... You know, the best version of this we have so far, I still think there'll be a super uber special edition coming out. But, I mean, the slip alone uh, is pretty cool uh, when it comes to that. Uh, I'm not too disappointed. I said, I enjoyed the, the two-hour. Anything else? A lot of the extras are just kind of a little bit of a fluff. Uh, but, but it is... You know, a worthy chapter. And if you want to finish, like, I'm a completist, you want to finish your Star Wars collection, here's the way to go currently. So that is my take of Star Wars Rise of Skywalker on 4K Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Walt Disney Home Entertainment.
It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. book review for this episode is Lego Star Wars Character Encyclopedia New Edition. Courtesy of the great folks at DK Publishing. Now with all this Star Wars um, talk happening, I thought, you know what, Let, let's talk some books. Now this a book is set to come out April 7th. Uh, so, so, you know, uh, and is another kind of update on, on all the Lego Star Wars characters that are available. I like that DK does these things. As always, with a Lego book, you do get an exclusive minifig of Darth Maul. And, and this is a really good Darth Maul. The, the artwork on it is, is new to this character. You, you have a lot of good printing on the legs, which I don't think existed before. And the, the printing on the face looks really good. And, of course, you get the usual dual lightsaber. Now, which cool is this? I used to have uh, a Darth Maul minifig, but he may have gotten lost, and I lost maybe the little, the little crowny bit on his head. So, um, that alone is pretty cool. The book itself, you have um, over 200, actually, 224 pages of this, and this goes over every minifig, I think, Pretty much up to date when it comes to Star Wars. What's cool about these things, not only does it tell you which set number of the year it was released, but also also the, the variants of each of the characters. Because, man, many characters have many variants. And it's kind of cool to see, you know, how many versions of Emperor Palpatine there are and how many versions of Luke and all that kind of stuff. And they even include the variants that come in the um, in the advent calendar. So with Vader, you get a picture of Vader as Santa Vader, which is a legit minifig that did exist. So you get all those in here, which is kind of neat. And also... The, 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 the characters are arranged via episodes. So that's the directory from episode one to episode nine. These are all of the kind of figs, which I think is rather cool. So, I mean, if you're a Lego enthusiast and you want to keep up to date, this is the most current version of, of said thing. And, and they even had a Darth Maul with a cape. I don't think mine had a cape. But he definitely, back in the day, didn't have the, the leg printing that this one has. And didn't have the um, kind of, you know, the look that this one has. So, there you go. So, that that is that. It's, it's a cool little, I mean, if you just want to say, how many minifigs? You know, you even have uh, wintry Wookiee. <laughs> Wintery Jabak in this one. Oh, so if you just want to get caught up, this is the way to do it. And if it's like, you know, just, I want to get this fig, but I don't know what setting to look for it in. Bammo! This is the book for you. So that is my take of Lego Star Wars Character Encyclopedia New Edition, courtesy of the great folks at DK Publishing. <laughs> enjoyed it as always you can check me out in a number of ways i'm all, i'm i'm on twitter i'm at rambling Russ, at r-a-m-b-l-i-n-g-r-u-s-s tweet me i'll tweet you back i appreciate all the uh, favorites and followings on twitter i have been noticing more lately and that is much appreciated and keep in mind that on twitter i often put up when new shows are posted i'll put them on twitter and any kind of artwork when it comes to cover arts or any kind of pictures are provided for me, for the people I deal with, I usually throw it up on Twitter. So keep a look 
for that as well. You can also check me out on Facebook. Just type in Ramble Russell in the Facebook search engine. You'll find me there, though I severely need to update that. But I appreciate you throwing a like my way that way. Of course, all new episodes can be found right here on the Talk Shoot Network. I'm show 18411. That is my caller ID. Check out new episodes there. Feel free to drop by and send me a review. I appreciate that. Of course, all, their, all my older episodes are still available at my original home internet on Libsyn, where you can where you can find them at http full colon backslash backslash ramblingrust.libsyn that's dot l-i-b-s-y and it's in november.com all of my old episodes there from 2006 right up to 2013 when i switched over here to a full-time well i'm more regular i all new episodes here on talk show we have lots of great old episodes including convention coverage and uh, lots of great older interviews uh, right there. You can also check out my older episodes in iTunes, the iTunes store on the podcast. Just search from there. Also, new episodes are available on Spotify and Google Play and many other uh, podcast directories around the World Wide Web. Just Google me and I'm all over the place. And uh, so listen where you can. Coming up on future episodes of the show, I did get copies recently sent to me of uh, Spies in Disguise and Ford vs. Ferrari, courtesy of Fox Home Entertainment. One of the last few movies made before the mouse took that over. So I'll have reviews for those in upcoming episodes, probably in the next show, more than likely. I did watch Ford vs. Ferrari. I haven't got through the extras, but it's a, it's a good movie. I'll give you more about that. On a future episode of the show, I got some, some more stuff coming my way, and, and I will review it as I can. Uh, I do have some backlog stuff. I do still have to post for you some reviews of some more recent stuff, included Mother of the Splickland and The Good Liar, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. As well, uh, the possible future reviews, you have to, have to, I may have to go through the back catalog, uh, because less is getting sent to me lately. Of uh, Blinded by the Light, courtesy of Warner, um, and some older stuff from Paramount, including the uh, last two seasons of Elementary, seasons six and seven, as well as Haunting of Hill House, Charmed season one, the reboot, uh, Tell Me a Story, and uh, from HBO, Deadwood the Movie. That's all possibly in a future episode of the show. I also did get another um, at-home release, and that is Little Women, courtesy of Sony. So I'll see if I can throw that in the next episode as well. A Yet another reinterpretation of that story. So that's all coming up. And another episode, future episode of this very uh, podcast, because I won't be seeing movies in the theater, dang it, anytime soon. That's it for me. I hope everybody, you know, stay safe in this global pandemic. Keep your social distancing, you know, as best you can. Shop when you have. And hopefully, you know, as the weeks uh, move on, we will get some normalcy sometime in the near future. In the meantime, I will be right here uh, bringing you new content whenever uh, I can. So thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. See you next time.